following is a continuation of our study called Never Out of Reach, looking at the book of Jonah. We hope you enjoy. Before we get started, just want to extend a special welcome to Autumn. Everybody give Autumn a round of applause. Autumn will hopefully be helping out on Wednesday nights with us, as well as Emma and Christopher Coleman, who y'all know. And in a few minutes, a young man named Aaron Jang will also be here. He'll be, he'll be helping with. He'll be helping with guys small groups. Okay, let's get started. Can I get a volunteer to open us in prayer? Thank you. Amen. Okay, so we're in Jonah chapter 3. Would somebody like to read that for us? It's a very short passage. Any volunteers? Gideon? Thank you, sir. Wait, the whole chapter? The whole chapter, verses 1 to 10. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Get forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows, God may turn and relent uh, and turn from his fierce anger, so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. All right, thank you, Gideon. Okay, so Thomas Edison invented what? We know he invented the light bulb, right? So he invented the light bulb. It took his team that he had an entire day just to get the first light bulb actually put together. And they were taking it up a set of stairs to take it up and test it. And he gave it to a young boy that was working in his lab. And the boy, this is a true story. And he was carrying it up the steps. And guess what happened? He dropped it and broke it. Okay. Now, what do you think Thomas Edison did? You think he got mad? Slapped him, beat him. No, he forgave him, and they spent another 24 hours making another light bulb. Okay, and they go to test it again, and guess what he does? He hands the light bulb back to this young boy who just dropped it. And the young boy had a chance to redeem himself, and he, he made it all the way up the stairs. He did not drop it the second time, okay? Now, that's a bold second chance to give somebody, right? That's a lot of work and a very precious thing to break. And he's entrusting this kid again. He's giving him a second chance. And that's exactly what God does with Jonah here, is he's giving him a second chance. I hope that you see the almost exact language that God used back in chapter 1. Look back at chapter 1 with me, verses 1 to 3. 
Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. Now here, the same call that he extends to Jonah a second time. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. But what happens this time? Instead of running to Tarshish, what does Jonah do? He arises and he goes to Nineveh. Do you see how God's giving him a second chance? It's the same exact call that he's giving him a second time. Do you see the the small differences in that call? Did you catch it? What's the message that he gives him in in chapter 1? What's the message he has for Nineveh in chapter 1? Okay, so it's a message of doom and gloom, fire and brimstone, right? Repent or I'm going to destroy you. Now, what's the message this time? It's very slight. The message that I will tell you. So what do you think God is doing with Jonah here? When he's saying, wait for the message that I'm about to give you, what is he doing with Jonah? Is he, is he testing him here? Yes. Think? Okay, he's saying, I'm going to give you a message. Go to Nineveh, and I'll give it to you. So, not only is he to go to Nineveh, now he doesn't even know what he's supposed to say. Okay, so it's a very bold thing for him to do, and it's probably even more scary than the first time, because at least the first time he knew what he was supposed to say, right? But God says, I will give you this message. Giving him a second chance to respond to God's call in his life, and he's calling him to go do this. So he sends him to Nineveh. The stakes are a little bit higher this time because he doesn't know the message, but God is using this as part of Jonah's restoration here. So tonight, I really want us to focus on just this idea that God doesn't give up on us when we go wayward. Okay, so who here has ever gone wayward from God? Okay, if we all raise our hands. We've all done it. Okay, God doesn't give up on us when we're in those moments. He doesn't give up on Jonah, and he doesn't give up on the city of Nineveh here. Okay, so that's going to be what we look at tonight. Jonah's gone through what? We've seen him run. We've seen him what else? Swallowed by a big fish. Okay, he's got thrown overboard, swallowed by a big fish, spent three nights in that fish, covered in slime, goo, gets spit back up. Okay, and now it's his chance to be fully restored, fully redeemed. We saw him repenting in the belly of the fish, and now he's going to show his repentance to God. God showers him with mercy. Did he deserve it? No. No. Why? Because he disobeyed. He ran over and over. Okay, He was w- almost willing to die back in chapter 2 than rather go to Nineveh. Okay, it, For him, the thought was, if I go over into the sea, I can die and I won't have to go do what God tells me to do. And that will be better for me because I really don't want to do it. But now, now he's listening to God. His story doesn't end when he gets thrown overboard. And God's really working in his heart. When the prodigal son came home, he didn't get a a beating. What did he get? A hug. Yeah, he got a hug. He got a banquet, right? Okay. Instead of being put out into the fields to work and pay penance for what he's done, what happens? He's invited inside. He's given his home back. He's restored. How wonderful is that, right? That's good. Okay, and that's how God deals with us. And that's a beautiful thing. Everybody say, hey, Aaron.
So in repentance, Jonah is going to Nineveh. He's going to this great city. We see from our passage that Nineveh is a huge city. How long did it take to walk across? Did you catch that? Three days. Okay. Now, that's a pretty big city, right? Imagine starting on one end of Bryan, walking all the way down to South College Station. Okay. How long would that take? Maybe a day, maybe a day and a half. Okay, this is a huge, huge city. And we're told that it took him a day just to like get in and like start his business. Yes. It's also a lot denser than Brian Yes, it is. Okay. It's also a lot denser. <laughs> in order for him to go and give this message to the entire city, he's going to have to go up and down streets. He's going to have to stop and talk to people. It's not like he's gathering up the entire city together and say, hey, come listen, I've got a message for you, and we're done. No, it takes him a while. It takes him a long time to go and bring this message. Okay? But does he do it? Yes. This time he does it. Okay, in verse 4, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Now, it sounds similar to the first message. Okay? It sounds similar to God's going to destroy you if you don't do something right now. But I want us to look a little bit closely at that idea of being overthrown. Okay? So God never gives up on Nineveh, just like he never gave up on Jonah. Okay? In the Hebrew text, the word for overthrown has two meanings. It could mean overthrown, like I'm going to destroy you. But the word overthrow also has this idea of overthrowing someone's heart and changing their hearts. So that's what God is doing here. He's saying, the message that I'm going to give you is that I want Nineveh to turn to me and trust in me. I want their hearts to be overturned, their hearts to be overthrown. It's the same word that's used when talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? He wants Sodom and Gomorrah. He wants there to be at least one person that believes there, but there's not. So he has to overthrow them. He has to overthrow that city. But here, he doesn't. Okay? He loves his people, and he wants to call his people to himself. Okay? So the implications of Jonah's preaching are strong here. He's calling them to do what? To repent and believe. And what happens? They repent and believe. Okay? Do you see how easy it was? Was there any opposition here? Did they try to attack him and throw him out of the city? No. No. Okay. Now, what was Jonah afraid of in the first chapter? That that would happen. Okay? If only he would have known that God was preparing their hearts right here, maybe he wouldn't have been so afraid. But they responded well. Okay? They heard the message and they mourned over their sin. This whole time, Jonah was so scared to go. But here, God has melted the hearts of people. He's really worked in their hearts. He's softened their hearts and prepared them to receive this message. And he works right away. So they put on sackcloth and they fast. These are all actions of what? Mourning and repentance. Okay? They truly feel sorry over their sins. In fact, they're showing it with what they're doing physically. And, and who does this specifically? Did y'all catch that in the second half? Of that? The king. Okay, He takes off what? He takes off his robe. The royal robes and he puts on sackcloth. Okay, Imagine watching your king do that. Would you want to follow that if your king was doing it? Hopefully you would. Okay, So the people see the king doing this and it's such a, a beautiful picture of even the highest of people in the city responding to the call of God. And saying, you know what? We have run away from God. We have turned our hearts from Him. We have sinned and we've made idols. 
And now we're turning back. Okay. For God, Nineveh was an expression of his mercy. Because it, even though they hated him, God is showing them mercy. Okay. God's at work. Uh, it wasn't like you know the annual Nineveh revival committee got together and said, we're going to bring in Jonah, okay, and he's going to cause this revival, and we're all going to repent, and we're all going to go home happy. No. Okay? It, it was a work of God. Yes, Gideon? Are there actually revival Unfortunately, yes, there are. Okay? But not, not in Nineveh. Okay? Now, I want you to think, very quick lesson tonight, but I want you to think about a time that you truly deserved punishment. Take a second to think about that. You don't have to say it out loud. I don't want to hear it. Punishment. Maybe it was a punch. Maybe you deserved a punch. I don't don't know. But think about a time that you did something and you truly deserved to be grounded or expelled or thrown in jail or (laughs) whatever it may be. I've shared with you all when I put my friend through a trophy case in high school. Okay, I lied about it. I shared this with you all last semester. No, we did not. Okay, I'll try it again. Okay, a friend of mine jumped on my back when the bell rang. We were walking the first period. And uh, instead of, I I wanted to get him off, so I leaned into a wall, but there was a trophy case there. And uh, I put him through it, cut him up pretty good, and lied to the principal about it. Did you make your terrible friends? Yeah. I lied. I said I fell. The principal pulled up the video to show me that I did not fall. And my lie just got worse and worse and worse. And I should have gotten expelled. But he showed me mercy. He showed me grace. I didn't get any punishment. All I had to do was replace the glass. Now, the point is, I want you all to think of a time where you truly deserved to be punished. And think about how God shows us grace in those moments. Because that's what God is doing here. It's a very humbling and amazing thing when God shows us grace when we don't deserve it. And where's the most obvious place in scriptures where he does that? On the cross. Okay? On the cross he does that for us. If God is gracious enough to call us again, we need to be humble enough to hear his voice and obey and return to him, just as Jonah did here. Okay? Obviously there's two things that we can draw from this passage, faith and repentance, okay? Somebody define faith for me. Ben. Ben. <laughs> What's faith, Bennett? Believing without seeing and putting your trust in it. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, so faith is the idea of not only acknowledging facts about something, but truly trusting and believing it. Okay, we don't see God. Okay, We don't see him face to face right now, but we trust and believe in him because he has shown us in his scriptures. Okay, so that's what's happening in the life of Nineveh. They're starting their faith. They're finding faith in God, and then they repent. Okay, what's repentance? There's a difference between confession and repentance. I tell you guys this all the time. What's the difference? When you confess your sins, you say them. You say, I have sinned. When you repent, what do you do? You turn away. You actually do something about it. You turn from your sin. And that's, that's what's happening here. Okay? God graciously doesn't give up on us when we turn to our sin. He always draws us back because he loves us. And I hope you see how amazing that is. Because we're really, really good at turning back to our sin, right? I am. I know y'all are. But God is gracious and he loves us. Jesus died for the unjust to bring us to God. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.21. We'll end with this. 2 Corinthians 5.21. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Somebody give me a page number. 
908. If you're in the small Bible, it's on 908. Christopher, will you read 2 Corinthians 5.21 for me? Yes. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. Read that one more time. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. So Christopher, if you had to sum that up, what do you think he's saying there? So it seems like Paul is saying, for the sake of God's people, he made Jesus to become sin, even though Jesus did no sin, so that we could become like Jesus and have the righteousness. Yeah. So essentially he's saying mercy instead of judgment. And that's what he gives us. He did that with Jonah. He did that with Nineveh. He does that with us each and every day. So my encouragement to y'all is, is to appreciate that and to know that it's good and to know that your sin has been paid for. He never gives up on you. Okay? Even when we run, He never gives up on us. Is that good? Yes. All right. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this evening. We thank You for this time together. Lord, I do ask that even when we turn away from You, Lord, that we would turn back and trust in You, Lord, because You always give us a second chance. You always give us opportunities to repent and to trust in Your goodness to us, Lord. I ask that you would give us your spirit to help us to do that because we can't do it on our own. Praise Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We hope this has been helpful for you. Please keep an eye out for more audio upcoming from WYN.